athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a great show for you today, as we generally do. Today, of course, we're going to talk some college football. We're going to talk some college basketball. Got a couple of guests lined up. We're going to let you know about them momentarily here on the program. The next couple of weeks will be our year-end review shows. So on next week, we'll take a look back at the months of January through June and some of our most memorable interviews and moments here on the program and taking a look back at the year 2020. I'll tell you what, 2020, it's been tough. I mean, it's been tough in so many ways. Coronavirus obviously has affected us all. Uh, I mean, just so many different things. Listen, I mean, everybody wants 2020 to end, and I get that. Like, I, I definitely get that. Uh, but definitely some lessons that can be learned from 2020 moving into 2021. And hopefully one of those lessons will be to continue to, to, to be safe, to wear masks. Yes, we understand that a vaccine is on the way. OK, well, it's not on the way it's here, but it's on the way for the majority of us, meaning some have been uh, have received the vaccine. Most have not. So it's on the way. But. We've still got to continue to be safe. And even after the vaccine, until a good majority of the population is vaccinated at some point in 2021, we still must continue to be safe, must continue to be safe. So a lot of lessons, even though 2020 has been extremely tough, you can look at it. We started out the year by losing Kobe Bryant towards the latter part of January uh, so many I mean the George Floyd in May social unrest social justice uh, which you know has been a long time coming and I think we started to see uh, some progress made in 2020 still have a long way to go you know you 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 think about the loss of a Chadwick Bozeman John Lewis uh, the list goes on and on but I'll tell you what there you know 2020 wasn't all bad and so uh, again we'll talk about it next week and take a listen back of with some of our of some of our most memorable interviews and moments on the program let me set the table for you today here on from the press box to press row on today's show we're going to be joined by the head men's basketball coach at grambling dante jackson Dante Jackson going to join us on the program. 
scrambling two and three on the season and had a nice win over Louisiana Monroe on Wednesday. So we're going to talk about the Tigers program today on the program. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Prairie View A&M, head men's basketball coach Byron Smith. Also going to join us on the show. He's built a really good program there in Prairie View, Texas. As a matter of fact, a suburb or part of the Houston area. And you talk about swag basketball. I mean, the last couple of years, Prairie View, well, I say couple of years, last, you know, five to seven years, you know, Texas Southern has been a power. Prairie View the last couple of years, you know, has been that team. And those two teams have really, and programs have really, really battled. Uh, so we're going to talk with, again, Byron Smith at Prairie View A&M, Dante Jackson of Grambling today on the program. Listen, uh, it's been, it was a good week. L- l- like, it was a really good week for HBCUs in terms of monetary donations from Mackenzie Scott. Mackenzie Scott gave away millions and millions of dollars to a lot of organizations, including HBCUs. And it's a beautiful thing uh, because, of course, um, Mackenzie Scott is, uh, you know, she's worth so many billions of dollars and very philanthropic and just giving money to organizations and most notably to HBCUs, which is really, really huge. As a matter of fact, I have a list here. I'm going to go through the list. And uh, a lot of these schools, biggest gifts they've ever received in one, by one donation by, from a private donor, right? So, I mean, huge. You look at Alcorn State receiving $25 million. Bowie State, $25 million. Claflin, $20 million. Clark Atlanta, 15 Delaware State, 20 Dillard, 5 Elizabeth City State, 15 Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, $20 million. Morgan State, my alma mater, received $40 million, as did Norfolk State. North Carolina A&T received $45 million. Prairie View A&M received $50 million. I, I, you know, Tougaloo and the University of Maryland Eastern Shore are on the list. I, I don't, I'm not sure. They received something apparently on this list. It says unknown, so not sure. Uh, Virginia State received $30 million Voorhees College received, again, unknown. And then Winston-Salem State received $30 million. Absolutely huge for a lot of these programs. It's a lot of money. There's no question about that. But just in the in the, in the the case of a, of a Morgan State, for instance, I mean, $40 million is $40 million. That's a lot of money. It can go towards any number of different things. But even with a university like Morgan State 40 million is going to is going to help uh but not it's it's a lot of money don't get me wrong but David uh, Dr. David Wilson who's uh the chancellor uh, president uh, of Morgan State University has big plans already uh in effect and then so you look at it what what happens is you look at it it certainly helps a lot of schools uh, that have suffered from coronavirus, from the, the COVID-19 pandemic in terms of loss of revenues, funds, potential um, monies coming into the, the school, et cetera. It helps along 
uh, those lines. But then for some schools, because this is the thing, what Mackenzie Scott, and from what I read in her team, it's not like these schools solicited uh, Mackenzie Scott and her team. Mackenzie Scott and her team looked at these schools, the plan, the vision that the respective chancellors, presidents of these schools had, and then went from there in terms of doing some more research, uh, really uh, came down to uh, not just schools, but other philanthropic organizations. And then that's how uh, she and her team made the decision. So for those universities, it's absolutely phenomenal uh, for, for, again, my alma mater, because a lot of times Morgan State University, and just to talk about Morgan State momentarily, of course, Kevin Brodus, the head men's basketball coach, uh, joined us last week. But just to talk about Morgan State University, there's only a few HBCUs that are public HBCUs in major cities, right? So you have Morgan State University, Coppin State University that are both in Baltimore. You have a Texas Southern Right. Texas Southern um, is in Houston. Right. I mean, there may be some other school. Oh, UDC, of course, is in Washington, D.C. So you have a few public schools that are in major cities. Right. And so there's a lot to be said for that. A lot of I mean, there's a lot of potential for in in uh, specifically those all of our schools. Right. But specifically those schools in terms of investing in public education in major cities, major urban area so Morgan State right in position the of course the vision of Dr. Wilson uh, put forth set forth and Mackenzie Scott and her team loved what they saw and so Morgan State granted 40 million dollars the highest on this list again Prairie View A&M 50 million dollars so a great week overall for HBCUs let me switch gears because I got a couple of minutes before I'm up against the break in this segment talk college football Playoffs. So where we stand right now, and it's championship Saturday, right? So uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State are your top four teams. I don't really see that changing because in the SEC championship game, it's Alabama and Florida. The next team in on this list is Texas A&M at seven and one. And you know, my thought was even even up to last week, I'm like, okay, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame then ultimately I think Clemson is out, but that was before Florida lost to LSU. Okay, so now that Florida has lost to LSU, Florida is now number seven. I just don't see Texas A&M leapfrogging any of the four schools, even if either four of the schools, so Clemson and Notre Dame play, Alabama plays Florida, uh, and then um, Ohio State plays Northwestern. Like, if either four of the, you know, it could be a possibility of Ohio State loses to Northwestern that we could be talking about Texas A&M moving into that number four spot. I think that's the most likely scenario. As a matter of fact, with all of the talk against Ohio State because of, uh, Ohio State hadn't met the minimum requirements by the Big Ten. The Big Ten adjusted those requirements. So Ohio State gets to play in the playoff. They had the best shot of any Big Ten team to, in fact, be in the conversation for the college football playoff. So, yeah, I would say if Ohio State lost, then, you know, Texas A&M probably would take that spot. But this is the thing. As much as I talked about Clemson and Notre Dame, if Clemson had lost, I mean, you know, the ACC isn't the strongest conference. But then again, this year, neither was the SEC. Like, 
We think SEC, we think greatness all the time, all the time. Well, this year, the SEC wasn't great. LSU was down, right? The SEC, you know, as a whole, just wasn't great. I mean, even if you look at, I mean, Florida loses to LSU. Like, LSU defending champions, I get it. They've struggled. Like, if you're Florida, you can't lose to LSU. Now they're totally out of this picture, right? So, you know, it's one of those deals where I think We'll see the top four state unless Ohio State loses. If Ohio State loses, then I think we'll see Texas A&M jump into the fray. But I want to see Coastal Carolina higher than 12. Coastal Carolina's 12 right now. Like, I need to see Coastal Carolina at number 10 at least. Cincinnati at number 9. Okay, I mean, I think they should be higher undefeated. Listen, it's not like the SEC is setting college football on fire. We'll talk more about this a little bit later on in the program. Still to come, Prairie View A&M head men's basketball coach Byron Smith. But up next, talking with Grambling head men's basketball coach Dante Jackson. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree. For me. Dante Jackson, the Grambling Hitman's basketball coach, joining us momentarily here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As I was getting to in the last segment, you know, we're we're about small schools on this program. We talk all sports, but we love to talk about small schools and HBCUs. I saw Coastal Carolina play. I think Coastal Carolina definitely should be ranked higher than number 12. Like, they're on the verge. Like, I mean, I, I don't see where they wouldn't, but it's possible that, you know, Coastal may not be part of this New Year's Six Bowl, one of the major bowls. Uh, the you know, I just think, I mean, listen, what the Chanticleers have done this year, been a great story for college football, beat BYU. You play the guys that are in front of you, the, the, the teams that are in front of you, and Coastal certainly did that. We can talk about that a little bit later on more in the program. Let's keep things going here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling. The Tigers are two and three on the season, coming off a nice win on Wednesday on the road against Louisiana Monroe. Next up for the Tigers in New Orleans, taking on Tulane. Dante Jackson, the Hitman's basketball coach at Grambling, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Jackson, welcome back to the program. Uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Good to have you on. And you and I go a ways back, maybe to back to your days, not only at Stillman where you had success, but also maybe even going back 
to your days at Central State. So you've won everywhere you've yeah. been. You, you know, you came in like gangbusters first year at Grambling, turned that program around. SWAT coach uh, of the year. Let, let me start here. Your thoughts on the season two and three to this point, but coming off that that nice win against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, so far, uh, I'm excited about our guys. Uh, we've been defending really well uh, night in, night out. That's been that's been our calling card. Uh, unfortunately, you know, earlier in the season, you know, just didn't really have a lot of rhythm. Uh, wasn't really uh, shooting the ball really well, and it was kind of a breakout for us. We ended, made, ended up making 11 out of 23 three-pointers, and, uh, you know, shots were falling. So that's that's half the battle. You know, you got to defend the ball well, but you also got to make sure you make shots. So <laughs> no matter how much you defend, you got to put the ball in the hole. Yeah, I mean, to your point, averaging teams are averaging maybe a little bit more than 68 points per game, so you're definitely getting it done uh, defensively. But, I mean, would you say that the win over uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, may be your most complete game uh, of the season, 78 points, that's nothing to sneeze at, and, again, holding them to just 61? Yes, yes. I think, uh, just to be honest, I think we really play an all-around basketball game. We actually put together two halves, you know. Sometimes we'll play good. For 20 minutes, I think we played really good against Arizona for 20 minutes. We played really good against Texas Tech for 20 minutes. Uh, you know, we, we even played okay, just okay, our opening night at home against East Texas Baptist. And I think, you know, we actually put everything together of how we identify ourselves playing. Yeah, for you, what was that like? Like, what did you learn? Like, those are tough games, no question, money games, Arizona, Texas Tech, very tough games. What did you learn about uh, this team in those losses to both, again, Arizona and Texas Tech? Well, the main thing that I learned is that if we're going to guard like this, we're going to have a chance. You know, our guys have bought into defending. You know, that's been our calling card, you know, everywhere I've been. You know, it's been it's been defense first, and, you know, we create uh, we create some offense off defense, and we try to, you know, move the ball and work the ball around and find the best guy with the hot hand on offense. But, you know, with us defending early in the year, you know, holding teams like Arizona under 40%, holding Grand, Grand Canyon under 40%, East Texas Baptist to 30 I just think that, you know, that, that calling card travels with you nowhere, I mean, everywhere you go. So I tell people all the time, you know, you know, effort is all defense, you know, and one thing you can have every night is effort. We don't know if we're going to make shots every night, but we know we're going to feed our butt off every night. Yeah, no, there's no question, you know, certainly uh, about that. Speak to – you know, coming back in uh, uh, COVID and how your guys have been able to prepare. I mean, you've played five games, which may not sound like a whole lot of games, and maybe it's not. But when you look at some, I mean, when you look at some programs, I mean, some programs have, have played, you know, significantly less than that. Well, it, it, I'm, I'm glad you say that. You know, the one thing I tell our guys right now, is we got to expect the unexpected. You know, everything about this season is unexpected. Like, it, we, you know, we were getting ready to play in Cardinal Ward, and then we get a phone call that the game's canceled. And, you know, even from the beginning of the year, you know, with so much uncertainty, whether we we're playing, not playing, you're, we got these guys on campus in August, we're not working out, you know, it's just so many different things going on. Then in a normal school season, I mean, in a normal school year, in a normal athletic season, that that would be happening. 
So, you know, right now, you know, I always tell our guys, expect the unexpected, you know, we're, we're always trying to surround ourselves in a bubble. And, you know, we, we don't have the bubble like the NBA. You know, we, we don't have those resources. But at the end of the day, we can just stay to ourselves and try to stay amongst ourselves and try to do the best we can with washing our hands and being diligent about, you know, just the little stuff. Dante Jackson in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coming in that, that first season, uh, 2018 I mean you you know I mean you got it done like you you it, it was a, a program that uh you know hadn't had as much success you've come in and 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 got that program has have been able to write the ship you know speak to that and 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 why you have been able to have so much success to this point in now uh, with three complete season and, and and of course now this your fourth season uh, as the head coach of the Tigers I just think, you know, everything starts with, you know, with, with, with your staff and your administration first, you know, being able to have, you know, a, you know, great administration guys, you know, athletic directors and presidents that support you, being able to have a staff that, you know, goes out and day in, day out, understands the mission of, you know, being able to develop young guys and, and groom young men. I, I think that's I think that's where it starts at every day. And then, you know, I just, like I tell our guys all the time, the wins and losses will take care of itself. You know, if you treat people right and treat the game right, I think, you know, that goes a long way for you in life. No question. Let's talk some personnel. You know, if I look at a guy, you know, Cameron, you know, Kristen and Cameron Woodall, I mean, these guys are averaging double digits for you. I realize you mentioned, you know, you're not scoring as many points as you'd like to be scoring uh, right now. But it, what do these two young men bring to the table? Well, you know, they're, 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 two, they're, they're two versatile young men. You know, they're, they're both kind of like, in that small forward guard mode, uh, you know, Cameron Christian, he's probably the outside shooter who, who scores and shoots the ball well. Woodall's probably the strong slashing athlete who jumps out the gym and who, who, who's going to electrify the crowd on a fast break. So, I mean, they, they both they, they both do a lot of things similar, but at, at, but they're both really different. And, you know, the good thing is about both those guys, man, they're like sponges. They work hard every day. They compete hard every day, and they want to get better. So, you know, and, and, like, the great thing about, like, Cam Christian, of course he transferred to from Boise State, but, you know, he's he's a legacy grambler night. Mom played play volleyball here. Dad played football here. So it's just great for him to transfer back and be able to be part of the legacy of Grambler State University. Yeah, and you know, if I look, if you, if anybody looks at your roster, you've got a good mix of transfer guys, you know, JUCO high school guys, and then then a few guys, you know, that played on the Division One level. Sort of speak to that and being able to mesh, uh, you know, those uh, those guys, transfers, high school, et cetera, to have a solid team. I think uh, right now, you know, we're 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 in different times. You know, I think building teams with just all high school guys I, I think that's a little different now uh not not to say that that's that's not right not to say that it's not wrong but i just think there's other ways and other avenues of getting kids eligible so it's it's so many different things with the guys transferring from division one guys transferring from junior college you know guys that's you know that's in prep school high school you just got to go out and out and find the right fit of guys for your university and your program you know, for you, I, I don't know if we've had a chance to – well, we have, but, I mean, I, for those that may not be familiar, obviously you had a lot of success at Stillman, um, you know, won a tournament championship in the SIAC, made it to the second round of the NCAA Division II tournament. Ultimately, Stillman decided uh, to to go to NAIA. Uh, what 
can you say because you coached a year when in 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 at Stillman in, when uh, Stillman was in the, in the NAIA, yes. correct? Yes, yes, we coached a year, went twenty four and five, and figured it out that year. And then the next year, I got the opportunity and the blessing to come to Grambling. So, I mean, we've I, I pretty much did a Division two NAI, Division one, you name it, I probably coached it. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. Again, at, at Central State, where you had you know some success, uh, also there. So. Kind of speak to that in terms of your growth as a head coach and now your third uh, program, again, moving from D2, D2 to now Division One. Yeah, You know, it, it was a blessing for me, uh, for Kevin, Win- uh, Kevin Winslow, uh, senior, to give me an opportunity at 30 years old to become a head basketball coach, uh, you know, and, and be at my alma mater at Central State University. You know, I got, you know, we have some good teams and we played well. But I got a chance to learn on the job. You know, I learned many of times where I think, man, I should have called a timeout. I should have did this. I should have did that. So that definitely helped me in my next job at Stillman and, and to help me today where I am at Grambling State because, you know, everything, you know, coaching is coaching. You know, it's about discipline. It's about accountability. It's about finding players and, and you know, just putting it all together at the same time. So all the stuff that I learned from Central, I was able, I was able to take to Stillman. The things I learned from Stillman, I was able to apply to Grambling. And, you know, now I think I'm just a better, well-rung to coach. Coach, that. I'm just a little older, a little wiser. You know, the kids probably think I'm older now, but a little <laughs> more grumpier. But, oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the football program doesn't get to go to the Big Easy, but you, as the basketball program, do. Again, Saturday uh, at Tulane. Y- your thoughts, I mean, what, what are, you, what are your, your thoughts on Tulane and what do you have to do to go and get a victory on the road in New Orleans? Oh, well, you know, it's great to be going to see uh, play Coach Hunter. Coach Hunter uh, is a mentor of mine. You know, we're playing for the first time ever. You know, it's been a guy as throughout my career I could call and lean on and talk to Coach Ron Hunter about different things. And now we're getting a chance to go down here and play. And, you know, I, I think, you know, they, he, he built programs that's been really good from IUPUI to Georgia State to now he's at Tulane. And, you know, I, I know going in there we're going to have to, play against his matchup zones and switching zone defenses. And our guys have got to be ready to make shots and compete at a high level. You know, night in, night out, the one thing we got to do is compete. And, you know, we'll, we'll let shots fall. You know, and I think, you know, being able to have that game against ULM, seeing the ball go through the hole was big for us and our confidence. Dante Jackson again in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling joins us here on the program. The Tigers 2-3 and three on the season going to take on Tulane on Saturday in New Orleans. Coach Jackson, appreciate the time. Uh, Continued success to you and the Tigers. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you having me again. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Dante Jackson's team coming off a nice win against Louisiana Monroe, again, Tulane in New Orleans on Saturday. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, my NFL predictions and still to come, Preview AM Headman's basketball coach Byron Smith. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember 
most about your days at Howard? Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble. You know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience. And I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression. And that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen. And people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult. And I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Aquila memory out their head, but realizing Aquila also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the weed hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from David to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Had the voice, of course, of T.I. It's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you gotta stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN College Sports Analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was uh, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt to have done for an entire season. There's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box, the press roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm just trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I've run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women like feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, your football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Blish. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I cheered in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening so from the press box to press row. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. We're back here on from the press box to press row. It's that time in the show where I give my NFL predictions. Last week went eight and seven, so not not so great. I mean, we had a couple of, you know, you you try to pick some games where you think there could be an upset, and obviously I didn't do that well going eight and seven, but hey, I was above 500 at least. So let's look at the Bills and the Broncos. Listen, you look at the Bills playing good football. They started off the season like gangbusters, hit a little bit of a lull there, and then have come back, beat the Steelers. Yes, the Steelers are down maybe a, a little bit coming off back-to-back losses to the Washington football team and now the Bills. But I think the Bills are playing very well right now. Josh Allen playing well. That defense is always being always played well. They're hitting on all cylinders. A very dangerous team coming into the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Meanwhile, for the Broncos, like the Broncos are are, are are an interesting team. Like I like Drew Locke as a quarterback. I think he he's has a bright future, and I think he's doing well right now. The Broncos coming off that victory against the Panthers. I, I like the Bills here. Like I don't think the Bills slow down here, right? Looking for that AFC East crown. I like the Bills in this football game. The game is going to be played in Denver the Panthers and the Bronco in the Packers Panthers and the Packers so seemed like for quite some time the Panthers were playing some pretty good football even though the Panthers were losing well those days are over the Panthers are losing and not playing great football the offense has struggled the defense certainly has struggled as well meanwhile if you look at the Packers got to be a favorite for the Super Bowl I mean if you look at any team in the NFC East Right now, man, I don't know. Maybe the Saints are playing better between the Packers and the Saints in terms of who's playing the best in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is phenomenal. I like the Packers in Green Bay. The Texans and the Colts. Boy, the Texans 
the Texans took one on the chin last week. Like I, you know, I was way wrong. I thought that the Texans would beat the Bears and the Texans got pummeled, okay? And so the Texans, I don't know what to make of the Texans right now. Like they, you know, Deshaun Watson is is playing well for the most part and they'll play okay and then their defense is really sort of let them down uh, this year. You go back a couple of weeks ago, seemed like they had the game in hand, ultimately lost the game. Meanwhile, you look at the Colts, and the Colts, uh, again, still continuing to compete for that AFC in the AFC South and continuing to compete for a playoff. Phillip Rivers starting to really sort of, sort of hit his stride, that defense, Darius Leonard and company, um, really pretty good. I mean, I like the Colts, like the Texans, just I don't know what to make of the Texans, but I like the Colts as the Colts continue to race for the playoffs. That game is in Indianapolis. The Lions and the Titans. Well, l- listen, the Lions, uh, you know, the Titans, I, the Titans are really good. Like, you know, again, it's one of those teams when you're talking about the Titans, I mean, they're good, you know, and of course they beat the Jaguars up uh, pretty good. The Lions are sometimes you like sometimes they you know you, you don't know what to make of them but I think the Titans are you know looking to really make this run down the stretch. Derrick Henry's unbelievable. What does he have like three games of 200 or more yards rushing this week? Like you look at the performance he put on last week. He's unbelievable. Ryan Tannehill, you know that defense is decent. Uh, the Lions. Again, don't know quite what to make of the line. You know, they're not a good football team, but sometimes they'll surprise you. I'll say that. But I definitely like the Titans in Tennessee. The Bears and the Vikings. Wow. Uh, again, an interesting game. You're talking about the Bears coming off a victory. You're talking about the the uh, Vikings coming off a loss. The Vikings are, again, one of those teams, a fringe team, still in the hunt for the playoffs. But, again, week to week, you don't know what you're getting. And with the Bears, you know, the same way. Started off like gangbusters, lost so many straight games before getting the victory over the Texans last week. Mitchell Trubisky, like, I think Mitch Trubisky, he's just going to be one of those quarterbacks that's going to be good and bad. Like, he's not going to be consistent. He's not going to be awful like for for long. I don't think I never thought Trubisky was awful. I think much like what I think about Dwayne Haskins, he just didn't play a lot of games in colleges, learning the game, but he's able to do some things with his legs. If you look at him, not necessarily his numbers, but if you look at his numbers, because they the Bears also got the victory, you know, didn't play too bad uh, on last week. It's a tough game to call, you know. I I, I think. I'm going to go with the Vikings in Minnesota on this game because I think, you know, again, you're talking about uh, trying to make a, 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 or trying to make the playoffs. And I think the Vikings ultimately win this game. But again, that's really a toss up game. Washington hosting Seattle. It's a tough game, right? Washington on a four game winning streak. The defense is absolutely tremendous. The offense was anemic last week. Didn't score a single touchdown. As a matter of fact, the defense scored two touchdowns 
on last week and the offense put the defense in some bad situations. But I think that defense is so elite, okay, especially. And really, it's interesting because at times, the defense makes plays. Like, they don't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, as much pressure as you would like for them to put on the quarterback. Obviously, they're getting sacks. Chase Young is unbelievable. Montez Sweat, uh, unbelievable. And then you look at the middle with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. I mean, it's really – and some of those defensive tackles are interchangeable. I think this is – Washington wins if Washington can force Russell Wilson into an interception. Russell Wilson has played very well this year, but he's got 12 interceptions on the season as well as he's played. They're going to have to, meaning the Washington football team, deal with D.J. Metcalf. Uh, again, while the Washington offense isn't great, Seattle's defense isn't great either. And I think the Washington football team can do enough defensively or offensively to score enough points with that Washington football team defense playing well. I like I like the Washington football team in Washington, Patriots and the Dolphins. Thought the Patriots were trying to make this run. Obviously, took a you know a bit of a, a bit of a setback. Um, when you look at the Patriots, and um, listen, the Dolphins, like they're still in the hunt. Played the Chiefs well. Like you got to give the Dolphins a lot of credit. Played the Chiefs well. You know, Cam Newton's just not playing well. I mean, that's just the bottom. He's not playing well at all, and the Dolphins are still in that playoff race. I like the Dolphins in Miami. The Jaguars and the Ravens. Mm. Well, Jaguars have quarterback issues and just have issues overall. A couple of wins, you know, uh, 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 this year. Meanwhile, the Ravens, you know, the Ravens bounce back, right? They're in the playoff uh, race, in that playoff chase. Probably not going to win the North, but still, I mean, they're not going to win the North because, you know, you look at the Steelers who have lost two straight, two losses, and then you look at the Browns who are playing exceptionally well. With that being said, the Ravens want to survive. Ravens are good. Jaguars just are not, and I like the Ravens in this football game. The Falcons and the Buccaneers. Boy, just when you thought maybe the Falcons were taking a bit of a step forward, they take a little bit of a step back with the loss to the Chargers who had really, really been struggling. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, still in that playoff hunt. Um, You look at Tom Brady, you look at this offense, it's, you know, been a little bit, maybe a little bit inconsistent, um, but a nice win over the Vikings. Like, you got to give Tampa Bay credit, the Vikings in the hunt. So, you know, it's it's a decent football team. And the Buccaneers uh, did what it what they needed to do to win that football game. I like Tampa Bay in this game. That game is going to be played in Atlanta. The 49ers and the Cowboys. Um, listen, 49ers are, 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 are solid defensively. Offense, the quarterback is an issue. That running game is solid for the 49ers. I just, you know, the Cowboys, yeah, you, you, you give them credit because they were coming off. Um, a victory, had a bye, I mean, well, coming off the victory of the Bengals. They didn't really play a very good football team uh, at all. I, I, I like I like the 49ers in this game. I like the 49ers in Dallas. 
um, you know, just don't know really what to make of the Cowboys overall. The Eagles and the Cardinals. Uh, Jalen Hurts going to start again. Eagles uh, with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback look pretty good. The Cardinals, however, are in uh, again. And, and the Eagles have an outside shot. Like they have an outside shot at this AFC, the, the NFC East. Um, when you look at this Cardinals football team, um, sort of up and down a little bit, but a nice win against the Giants, scoring 25 points, which is impressive because I really like the Giants' defense. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Like, I'm going to go with the Cardinals in this football game. Um, Kyler Murray's going to be tough. That Eagles defense is good. Don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts. They got some tape on him now, and I think they're going to use that tape to slow him down a bit. I like the Cardinals in Arizona. The Rams and the Jets. Ha! <laughs> Jets bad, haven't won a game. Not more, much more to say. The Rams uh, still in that playoff race. Obviously, I like the Rams in that football game. The Saints and the Chiefs, that's going to be a tough football game. Um, the Chiefs have shown this year that they can be beat, right? New Orleans, yeah, you know, slipped up a couple of times this year. But all in all, you got to like New Orleans, um, the way that the Saints are playing overall um and the Chiefs are due I think for a loss I'm gonna roll with New Orleans with the Saints over the Chiefs in New Orleans the Browns and the Giants this is a tough game to call because the Giants have a solid defense although uh uh the Giants couldn't get it done last week offensively not very good at all and that's why I'm gonna go with the Browns in this game like the Browns are playing well, playing as well, uh, really, as any team almost in the National Football League right now. Um, Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield doing his thing. Uh, I like Cleveland. I'm going to go with the Browns in Jersey over the Giants. Monday night football, the Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals are struggling. The Steelers, this, this game comes at the right time for the Steelers. They need a win coming off two straight losses uh the Bengals aren't very good this is a a a, a game that the Steelers need and I like the Steelers over the Bengals in Cincinnati your thoughts hit me up via Twitter at botch to row or on Facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w we've got more of botch to row on the other side BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches bowls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a gentleman who's in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View AM. The Panthers are one and two on the season. Next match is, or next game, I should say, is against Washington State. On Monday, Byron Smith joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Smith, welcome back to the program. Hey, thank you for having me, Don. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be on with you. Absolutely. The pleasure 
is on mine, and I know we had you on, I guess, what, back in March. Uh, so, you know, your thoughts. You guys uh, started out the season with the victory over Evansville um, and uh, have, have lost a couple of games, but your thoughts on the season to this point? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, with the, you know, the postponements and cancellations of games and things like that, it's been a little bit been, been a little bit unsettling. But, you know, I really like our team. I think we've got uh, a lot of nice pieces. Uh, we're adding some pieces. Obviously, some guys have become eligible, um, you know, here uh, in the last week. So, uh, you know, the season, like I said, we started out, we dropped a tough one to Little Rock, and we beat Evansville, and then dropped one to the home team, Louisville. But I thought we did some good things there. So, I, I think, you know, you got off to a solid start. Obviously, you want to win all your games, but, you know, sometimes you can win and not have the most points on the board at the end of the night. And I think in those two games that we, we were able to get some things done that, uh, you know, that showed improvement and showed that, you know, we were kind of, you know, you know kind of, you know, making our way and, and, and growing up as a team and, and starting to play together and, and some positive things kind of came out of it. So to answer your question, I, I think the season has been solid thus far, but just uh, kind of want to get a few more games in. We've had some, like I say, some postponements and cancellations, but just ready to get back to playing some consistent basketball um, with our season. Yeah, I mean, what what have you been able to do? I mean, it's, you know, I know we talked with you in March and the cancellation of the SWAC uh, tournament championship uh, or t- tournament, the SWAC tournament, that is. But, I mean, what have you been able to do uh, since your last game on November 29th? I know you've gotten some work in, but I know it's got to be, like, not just for you but everybody, but specifically for you, it's got to be frustrating uh, not even knowing uh, if you'll be able to play the scheduled contest. Right, yeah, it's it's been a it's definitely been a challenge, you know. But I always say that the ones that are able to make adjustments in life are the ones that are going to be the most successful. So uh, I think it's um, you know it's made us um, be be more appreciative of the things that we do have when we do have the game. Because I tell our kids all the time, game can be taken away from you in, in, in a moment's notice. Uh, so appreciate the game and, and uh, you know work hard and uh, honor the game the right way with your effort. Um, but yeah, it's been very uh, been very challenging. Uh, but I think we've handled it the right way. Our guys are still upbeat. Obviously, each day, you know, they're looking to get better and improve when they're on the court. Um, and just wanting, like I say, me, them just like me, wanting to get back to, you know, playing some games and, uh, you know, enjoying this this game that we all know and love. So uh, I'm proud of my group. They, they, you know, obviously followed the protocols for the most part and done what they've been asked to do. And, uh, you know, you can do everything right, you know, with this with this COVID thing and, follow all the protocols and the safety measures and, you know, something can still happen. That's how fluid, you know, this virus is. But uh, but I, I do believe that we're a resilient team. I think that once we do get back to the floor and once we get into conference play, I, I, I like our chances to be a formidable opponent and to have another solid season once we get into conference play. That the voice of Byron Smith in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M. He joins us here on From the Press Box to press row what have you seen from a guy i mean you got a couple of guys that are doing some good things for you jeremiah gambrels averaging close to 12 points per game darrell roberts in excess of 11 and uh jawan daniels is averaging 10 points per game but you've got balanced scoring i mean even if you look at the williams kid he's at in excess of nine a game balanced scoring what are you seeing from those three guys that are in double figures in particular well, you know, the funny thing about it, you know, that, you know, that the team that we have, that we had in Louisville, we were still missing, you know, probably some people would say our three best players. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that, uh, you know, with our team. Uh, we had three young men that are sitting out waiting to get eligible. And, and uh, 
uh, one of them is eligible. The other one will be eligible within, within another week. Uh, and the third, once we get into conference. Uh, but speaking on the current team, um, Jawan Daniels is a young man that was with us last year, but didn't get a, actually redshirted and play a lot. So, you know, he's you know his effort has is, is always been good, but his ability to be able to knock down shots and score was a little bit surprising. Fate Williams uh, played quite a bit last year as a uh, as, as a sophomore, so he's he's got some experience and he knows how we like to play. Just a tough player, gritty guy, does everything coaches ask him to do, and plays a great effort each and every night. So that wasn't a surprise. Uh, Darrell Robinson, a young man that kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, a little bit banged up once we started practice. So didn't really get a lot of practice time. And uh, his conditioning wasn't what I need, thought it needed to be. So, you know, wasn't really expecting to get a lot from him going into Louisville. But obviously he stepped up and showed that uh, the things that he did was the reason that we recruited him. Knockdown shots, long, length, can play multiple positions, can bar multiple positions. So those three men uh, uh, have uh, – Statistically, it's carried, carried us in the, in the bubble up in Louisville. But we've got some other guys that can do some things, too. So this is why I'm saying I think it's my, our most talented team. We've got a lot of pieces and a lot of depth. Uh, and just keeping our fingers crossed and praying to the good Lord that we'll be able to get back to playing and get into conference and finish out this season because I'm really excited to see how far this team can go and how much we can accomplish. I, I think we can do a lot. So uh, we're really excited about uh about our season and uh, just uh, like I said again, just praying that we can get to uh, get back to it and get through it. Yeah, I mean you you're you sort of really reloaded because uh, you're, you're right. A lot of guys from last year, uh, you know, lost to graduation. So you know, I guess speak to that philosophy. Was it more of a situation, especially you know, with COVID? It, it probably was. More, I mean, were you more in the mindset of reloading, maybe opposed to you know maybe getting some more high school guys in and, and building that way? Well, you know, um, really with the way that we play, just the expectation, you know, it takes high school guys a little bit longer to get accustomed because it's just a different style with high school and AAU to how we play here. Uh, so we normally try to go after, obviously, two co-transfers, guys with a little bit more experience, a little bit more age, a little bit more seasoning, uh, and, and, and just some other Division One transfers. Um, obviously, you know, with COVID, you know, the one – you know, I think negative about COVID is that we recruited a lot of these young men and, and obviously we saw film and we talked to people that we know and trust in the business that gave us uh, really good recommendations about these young men, but not really getting a chance to get these young men on campus and sit down and, and having a conversation with them and just kind of talking about, um, you know, the you know, Prairie View and men's basketball, you know, uh, as a whole and, and not really getting a chance to really get them to understand to be a Panther and, and the expectations and the physical demands that, 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 that we expect and we put as place we place on your body because it's pretty tough and pretty grueling. Uh, so we, we did, we do feel like we reloaded, um, you know, and, and we've got, I think, more talent this year, more able-bodied players this year than we did last year and, and the year before. And uh, I think that speaks volumes about, you know, uh, you know what we, how we, good we feel about these young men because – the past two years, I, I thought that we had a really nice team, and obviously winning the championship back to back speaks to that. To the way that these guys were able to uh, go out and, and execute and perform a night in, night out. So uh, we did reload, but we feel like we've got more depth. And, and this is, like I said, I think this is uh, probably our most talented team uh, from one uh, to about twelve. That, that you know we, we can go pretty deep. So we're really excited about the, uh, 
the opportunity to coach these guys and just see how far we can go with this, this group that we have. And then lastly, with Byron Smith, the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M, joins us here on the program, and we appreciate the time. Uh, Washington State, your thoughts? Again, your next opponent on Monday, currently undefeated and knocked off Texas Southern to open the season. Yeah, you know, Kyle Smith is actually a Houston guy. The head coach out there, he's actually a Houston guy. The Bay Leafs, uh, Elsick High School here in Houston, and you know, has been a, been a, 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 a trusted and respected assistant coach in, in, a, in a lot of different places. Uh, and obviously, this has been his second year. He's, you know, he's kind of got that program kind of, you know, uh, moving in the right direction. They've done a good job in recruiting and things like that. So, obviously, been in the Pac-12, that they'll be a formidable opponent. But you know, I do think that. You know, if we can go in and, 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 and do some of the things that we like to do and that we're known to do, I, I think we'll have a chance to, uh, you know, I, I, I do feel like we're at least worthy to be on the floor with them. I don't think it's a mismatch by any stretch. We just got to go out and play Prairie View and Panther basketball and uh, let the chips fall where they may. But a well-coached team, uh, organized coach, um, you know, obviously a great opportunity for us anytime you can go play against the uh, you know, a team of, of you know the conference of champions, the great Bill Walton continues to say in the Pac-12, Pac-10 when, when he played, but Pac-12 now. Uh, so we're excited about the opportunity and just uh, you know been a, been a few weeks since we've been on the floor, just anxious to get back out there and uh, kind of get ourselves going and uh, you know just hope for the best. But we'll be, we'll be always be competitive. We're always going to get after you. We're always going to give you uh, a lot of toughness, and we're, we're going to fly around and, 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 and play like our hair is on fire and. Uh, you know, we're just going to show up and, uh, you know, and, 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 and do our absolute best. And at the end of the night, we'll let the scoreboard take care of itself. But uh, but we feel real good about this season. We just, again, we just got to pray that, you know, we, we can get, you know, get back to it and get through it and uh, get on the other side of this COVID thing because I'm telling you, it, it's definitely had a, a huge impact on, on the world. But, uh, but we're hanging in there each and every day just and, and excited about uh, about the future. Sounds good. Again, Byron Smith in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M joins us here on From the Press Box to press for the Panthers 1-2 and two on the season, having played in about three weeks, but do are on the road on Monday at Washington State. Coach Smith, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Panthers. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Anytime I can help, I'm a phone call away. But thank you for your time and having me on the show. I appreciate it, Coach Smith. I've got to get ready to run here on from the press box to press row. Thank you to Byron Smith. Also to Dante Jackson, the head men's basketball coach at Grambling for joining us today on the program. Don't forget the next two weeks will be our year end review shows, year end review shows for 2020. Want you to have a very, very Merry Christmas and awesome Kwanzaa, a awesome Hanukkah, and a continued, hopefully, Happy New Year for you as we look forward to 2021. For more information on the program, we've got some great content, great interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, The interview with North Carolina Central Head Men's Basketball Coach Lavelle Moten, if you missed that last week, it was absolutely epic. We titled the interview in podcast form that we have on our website, Uh, Lavelle Moten, in essence, Lavelle Moten, not just a coach, not just a basketball coach, on our website right now at BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Also, check us out on YouTube. Google BoxToRow on YouTube. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Community.